You are listening to the Soul Sparks Podcast, episode 29. talk. I um, am very excited to kind of debrief with you guys about what's been going on and to also share that I will be starting this podcast back up. I guess we can call it, I think I've said this before, but this time I really mean it, a season two, if you will. Um, we are interviewing a lot of people right now, um, getting it ready to to be up and running. If you have any suggestions for people you'd love to see on the podcast, let me know. Email me at Kristen at wearesoulsparks.com. Um, or if you yourself want to be on, if you're one of those movers and shakers and just want to share share your light with us, definitely reach out. Um, you know, today's going to be a little bit of a different one. I just kind of woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, I think I want to hop on and talk with you guys about what's been going on. My birthday is actually next week and I'm kind of weird about birthdays. I don't really know why, um, but it's, I don't, make a big deal of them. I don't really care about them. I love celebrating other people's birthdays, but just mine's not a big deal. Um, but since I will be in LA in Santa Monica next week, I wanted to kind of hop on this one and kind of see where I've been in the past year, what the year 28 has been like. And it's been a huge one, as I think most of you have probably felt as well. 2017 was was really hard. 2018 was really rough too. It was kind of a shit show. So I feel like there's gonna be a lot of people that can relate to the ups and the downs that I have personally been through. And I'm all about transparency. It's actually something that I've really learned about this past year. That's one of the things I'll share with you guys is that when I felt um, like I wanted to be more guarded about what's going on in my life, that's when I felt overwhelmed and shame and all that shit. So I really want to be open about kind of everything that's been going on in my world and kind of the process of up-leveling in general. So I'm going to kind of give you some of the highlights of the past year of the, the successes and failures, because there are a lot of both of them actually, but we'll kind of kind of show you where I've been and also some of the biggest lessons that I've learned um, as it relates to mindset. That's probably the biggest thing and weight loss and debt and, you know, really being able to show up and growing the business and all of that good stuff. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, I will be in Santa Monica next week. So that's, I don't know when I'll put up the newsletter. Um, I'll probably do it ahead of time. But if you guys are in the LA area, please come see me. It's, uh, you'll hear this later, but I really, really crave this in-person attention. Um, I love being able to just be there for you guys. And there's a couple ways that you can work um, with me over the over the week, next week from the 19th to the 23rd. Um, the biggest thing I'm excited about is the workshop. So I'm doing, it's a little one to five um Saturday, the 22nd workshop, we'll just be really getting together, talking about um, our strengths, talking about synchronicities, talking about kind of where we struggle for some of the stuff, but it's going to be so good. We have some goodies that we're getting for you guys, so you do want to sign up soon um, so we can get those all made for you guys. Um, 
but it's going to be really fun. It's 147 bucks, four hours, um, just really going deep with each other. And you'll just see one of the coolest things about these in-person events that I'm finding, the retreats and the workshops and all that good stuff, is that everyone's just kind of on the same vibe. Like, it's the coolest thing. I didn't know how it was going to go, but I've done three retreats now. And I can pretty safely say that, like, everyone's just kind of gets each other. They're all different ages, all different walks of life, all different stories, but um, we all geek out about the same stuff. Um, and it's just so cool. Like it's been the coolest experience to be able to do this. So that's um, a big one. So Saturday, September 22nd, one to four um, in Santa Monica. Um, you can do that by going to www.wearesoulsparks.com shop, and you will see the Santa Monica workshop link there. Um, there's also opportunities to work one-on-one with me if you want to do that as well. These are super powerful. I've been doing a lot of these one-on-one um, little mini retreats, like half-day retreats, and we just have, it's individualized. Like we just go super, super deep, and it's, I'm just, it's my thing, guys. I'm really good at it. So I just love being able to be there for you, and it feels like a a friendship, but also just like a little kick in the ass as well. So there's a couple um, dates open for that as well. If you want more info, email me at Kristen at wearesoulsparks.com. But that is that. Okay, so I wanted to start by just giving an overview of what the past year has been. I always love this when people do this on their podcast. So hopefully you do too. Hopefully it's not boring AF, but I think you'll enjoy it. Um, So it's really funny. I went back to my journal and looked at where I was exactly a year ago today. So September 14th, 2017. And I was like kind of in the same place. I was getting ready for an in-person meetup. The first one I ever did was on my birthday last year. And I was really stressed about it, but super excited. And it felt out of my comfort zone. And it felt pretty vulnerable and I was worried about money and breaking even on it because I did not price it well and I had a weird thing about pricing it in general. It's a whole thing and I'll get to that money mindset a little bit later. But I think it's so funny because I literally wrote in the next year, I see myself doing like weekend retreats and here we are a year later and I'm getting ready for like a little weekend workshop and I'm doing weekend retreats now. So it's just so funny. I don't think I literally kind of consciously created that, I think it just a thought that kept coming back in my head a lot was, I think I want to do in person. I think I want to do weekend retreats. I don't know how it's going to look. And then in May of this year, I was like, oh, I know how it's going to look. It made just kind of the thought download came in and it made sense. But it all started with the meetup, which is almost a year ago. It's just so crazy how the universe works. And I think of how different life is since then. I remember it felt super vulnerable because I did not want to be seen. I was about 210 pounds. Um, and I'm not big on really even like sharing the the number because I, I feel like some, it could be a trigger for some people and, you know, people can compare, but I'm just, in the name of transparency, I was about 210 pounds. I'm five, five guys, maybe five, five and a half. That's, that's big. That w- that really felt like a lot of weight on my physical body. And I remember being like, okay, I'm not where I want to be, but I cannot keep like hiding and I need to get in front of people. It was the beginning of the time that I felt super lonely and loneliness did increase even more. And we'll get to that a little bit later, but I knew that I needed to start to create, create that connection and that it was important for other people too. And it was great. It was, you know, it was in Chicago. It was about 25 people. 
Um, you know, I don't think I was as prepared as I could have been. I don't think I really knew what I wanted it to be yet. That's that's something that I tend to do a lot is kind of trial and error. And honestly, that's fine. I think that works for a lot of things. I also think it's a way that I can self-sabotage sometimes because if I really put a lot of work into something and I fail at it, then I feel like it's so much more personal than if I just wing it. And so a lot about this past year has been me confronting that dichotomy of being someone who really enjoys to be spontaneous and isn't an over planner. And that really does create room for a lot of magic and a lot of um, kind of instantaneous connection. And I really like that. And I notice that there's sometimes when I can use that kind of like, oh no, I'm better, like last minute as an excuse to not have to feel the feelings and not have to be vulnerable and not to really be anxious about something that's that's on its way. So that was a really big learning experience. I feel like if people that went to that in-person meetup went to another one, which I'm sure I'll be doing more of in the next year, kind of more, um, you know, like almost like happy hours or, you know, kind of more smaller workshops, I think they would be like shocked about the difference between them because it was like, it was funny. I mean, because a lot of my people, you know, are very health conscious and are, you know, spin instructors and um, just, you know, more into the wellness stuff. And I served them like a, like a meat and cheese platter and like some Molly's cupcakes, which I mean are amazing, but it was just the most random spread. And I just, I'm laughing at myself because it's, it's so not like the quality I want either. I think that's a big thing that stopped me from doing a lot of things is I have in my head this vision of what I want to be. I compare it to other people's retreats. I look at other things and just if I'm not there, if I can't like literally financially do that or if I get overwhelmed with the details and at this time I didn't have anyone officially signed on to help me. That came later when I hired my virtual assistant, Tori. Uh, I just kind of shut down and it's almost like, okay, I'm just going to wing it then. If it can't be perfect, then it's going to be almost just like slapped together. So that's been a big learning transition, but it was, it was super great. I'm really proud of myself for getting out in front of people and being seen when I felt so uncomfortable in my skin. And I think it, it definitely did help. Um, I for sure had a vulnerability hangover the next morning, um, but it was, it was great. It was a really good kickoff to, you know, year 28. So that was, that was amazing. The next big thing that I think on my radar was when I launched uh, the tarot. So I did like a beta testing tarot group and I did not expect people to buy it. That I expected a few people to buy it, but I had used tarot in my own practice and, you know, I launched it. I sent out like an email. It was like kind of literally an inspired action. Like I just was like, oh, I think I'm going to offer this now. And I walked away from a computer. It was like 47 bucks for a 12 card spread, which was so insanely cheap looking back on it because they took so long to do. Um, but I like walked away from a computer. I think I had something else I had to do. And then it came back a couple hours later and like 60 of them had sold. And I was like, well, shit, that is a lot. I hope I can do this. <laughs> I hope I can make this work. And it was it's so funny that something that was so amazing and something that I found so much passion in was also like the catalyst for a huge like period of depression for me. So I got overwhelmed. I found out quickly that it took a lot of work to do. Um, I mean, each poll took about like five hours and I was just overwhelmed to the point of like inaction. I was paralyzed. So that was really hard. That I w- I started missing the deadlines for people. I said that was going to be like a two-week turnaround, and there was just literally no way. 
I could do that. And it was right over the holidays and um, it was right over, I'd launched another course, Brave New Year, which ended up being super stressful for me too. And I felt like I failed a lot of people with that one because I was just so stressed in, in every aspect of my life that I felt like I couldn't really show up. Um, and instead of just communicating to people that I was going to be a little bit late on the tarot or all this kind of stuff, I just like did not communicate. I didn't do anything. I just tried to almost like make it disappear. Like I knew I was going to get to them all. Um, but they were hanging over my head and I just hoped that people maybe forgot about them. So like they wouldn't be checking in on them, but I, so, I was so afraid to check my email. I had just, I mean, it was, the anxiety was insane and I'm not an anxious person. I've never identified as an anxious person, but I get it now. And it was just a really rough time. It was a really rough time. Um, my processes were not in place. I had some help on some of the editing and formatting, but for the most part, I was doing it myself. And that took a lot. I'm not an execution person. I'm not a details person. So it was just, it was a lot. Um, but the upside is I found out that I love doing the tarots and people fucking love them. And they're the amount of like emails that I've got that they're that the things have come true or they've been really helpful. I just, I didn't know. Cause I am someone who, you know, I don't identify as, as like psychic. I think I'm intuitive. I think I can really get people, but it feels in a really grounded way. And when I write, it comes out a lot more. And so I think it just has clicked that like, oh my gosh, when I was writing these things for these people, like it was kind of like almost like channeling. It was really cool, but people love them. The response was great. And people were so gracious to me for being late on them. And once I communicated with them, they were really understanding. I did have to give a couple refunds, which were my first refunds I've ever had to give in my business. That was a big thing that I had to confront was my worthiness and my mindset around that. I had kind of a belief and again, I'll get to this in a little bit because this is one of the biggest things that I've had to confront is, oh my God, the thoughts that we think are like literally writing the stories. And I know this, we all know this for us who are self-aware, but it was on a whole different level. But I have this story, I have this thought that I am irresponsible, that I don't like to work hard, that it needs to be easy, that it's all about magic and flow. And anything that feels like people are waiting on me is just not what I meant to do. And I'm undisciplined and I'm not good with money. I'm good at making money, but not keeping money and following through. And so a lot of that was almost self-fulfilling prophecy that I had to really look at. And when I got those refunds and when I got a couple angry people because I did not communicate with them, which is understandable. Oh, there's, there's a little doggy in the background. Um, it was, it was really tough. It was like, it was really confronting. And what's awesome in some of this is that my worst fears, which was getting an email, having someone say, this is really unprofessional. I expected, you know, you said this was going to be done on time. This is unacceptable. Um, you know, I want my money back, whatever it was. She hadn't gotten the report yet. And it's really funny too, because it was only maybe a week late. And some of these reports ended up being like months late. So looking back, I'm like, oh, wow, that is kind of crazy that it was someone who was like really impatient for it. And I get it. It was still overdue, but it was just really interesting. But looking at that, what was the biggest learning experience was the actual email of having someone lay out in black and white all of my biggest fears, what people think about me was so much better than my, what my brain was telling me, like what I was so afraid of happening. So the fear of that happening was way worse than the actual event because I could move through it. And I apologized. I said, you're right. Um, I gave the refund. I gave her the report. I'm like, I'm still going to give it to you. Um, Cause I was like halfway done with it at the time. And 
you know, I don't think, I don't remember if I heard back from her or not. And it doesn't matter. It was just like, it was just such a great learning lesson for me that like the things that we fear are often just way worse. Like the fear of rejection, the fear of like going broke, the fear of someone just yelling at you, feeling of disappointing people. That fear is so much worse than the actual thing when it happens because you have no choice but to move through it. So that was really, really interesting. A huge, a huge, what I'll, it's like a, a failure slash success. Like it's like, it was totally both. Um, again, tarot is a huge thing I do now. I'm just, I launched a fall tarot forecast, which is amazing. There's one left if anyone wants it. Um, I have people helping me this time with the turnarounds and I'm also more realistic. It's going to be a month for some of these. So that's written in there, but they're really good. And there's such great feedback. And I will also be doing, um, gearing up for 2019, 12 card polls, which are just so cool. I love looking back on mine, but it was, it was a huge learning lesson. It was a lot, again, like I think a big springboard to failure. And another thing that's super interesting is I had launched that. I had launched some kind of, I think like a cyber Monday back in November, the deals, a couple deals. I had launched a brave new year course. And so December was my biggest, um, like revenue profit month. I had I made like 20 grand, which is the most I had made to date in a month. And it's just funny because like that also created the most stress I've ever had. Like I could not sell anything. I felt so guilty because I was so behind that I was catching up on tarot until March and I couldn't sell anything. So I became behind. I got into debt. I was so afraid to launch anything because I didn't want to get called out for the people that were still waiting on some other things. I felt like I couldn't handle it in the first place. I felt like I was irresponsible that I was letting so many people down. Um, I didn't want anyone into the business. You know, what I really needed at that point, I mean, I should have hired pretty much instantly someone to help me with the details and with correspondence. Um, But it was, it was scary because I didn't want someone to know the mess that I had made. I didn't want someone in my inbox. I didn't want someone kind of seeing, you know, a lot of, a lot of that struggle. I, and it's, it, it's also really interesting because I really, I truly never want to like put out a different per like perception. Like I'm not trying to manage your perception of me. I'm not trying to say that I have it all together. I, I never, I truly never feel compelled to do that. I, there's nothing in that that's magnetic to me about it. But in that moment, I just like shut down. Like I didn't put anything out. Like I wasn't trying to do anything. Um, so I wasn't trying to be fake about it. I just didn't like, I needed to process, which I think is fair too. I think we have, we need to allow ourselves to be in it for a little bit and know that that's so part of the cycle. And especially when you're a creative, when you're an entrepreneur, um, when you're a human, you go through these kind of seasons where you do something, it's great. And then you have to kind of kind of take responsibility for it and follow through. But it was just, it was a really, really interesting time there for sure. And I have learned a lot about needing help and letting people in to help me in that process. One of the biggest things as this relates to money is I've learned, and this has been pretty recent actually, that it's kind of clicked for me. I, because that was kind of a very high profit month, and it's so tied to stress and it's so tied to letting people down and not being able to follow through. I have a belief that I am actively working on letting go of and changing and reframing that in order to make a lot of money, I'm going to have to compromise parts of myself. I'm going to have to, 
it's going to make me feel stretched too thin and so overwhelmed. And I'm going to disappoint people because I don't have the stamina to do it. And in order to grow the business, like, do I want to, do I want to grow the business? If that means that I'm going to always be doing things I don't want to do and working too many hours and not, you know, feeling like I have my life back. Um, So there definitely is that kind of fear of success, that upper limit problem where it's like, if I do that, I'm not going to be able to have fun. I'm not going to be able to, I'm not responsible enough to hold this money. Um, You know, I, I'm going to fail people. They're going to, I'm going to get called out or whatever it's going to be. It's just a huge, it's a huge underlying belief that I just don't think I've ever thought that the kind of money that I I want to make that I think I'm capable of making because I think I'll be able to create better content and do better retreats and doing all the things that in my head I want to be doing. The only way to get there is by like allowing it to grow and receiving that money. So it's been really interesting that I've been afraid of that and that I've equated it to mean so many negative things when it so doesn't have to be that way. And so I'm really trying to reframe that as, you know, money can be easy. I can, I am so capable of holding that money, you know, holding space for that money, receiving that money, um, being good with that money. And people, I provide value, you know, I don't think in that time. And it's, even though I can get so many people saying, thank you, like it was worth the wait, you know, or that this was great in my head. If I get one person that's like, this wasn't enough, even if they hadn't even received it yet. Um, I feel like I, I didn't provide enough value and like, who am I to be asking for more money? Uh, and it's really interesting because you might've even noticed that I've been doing a push for sales recently, which is so not something I like to do. It's a really big fear of mine. Um, so, super huge fear of mine actually is that people, you know, resonate with my words and they resonate with, they're signing up for the newsletter to get those words. And, you know, having to reconcile that with being a business owner and first of all, claiming that I'm a business owner, but knowing that I have to make money when it's been really tight. And I'll get to that a little bit as I go through the summer. Summer was super tough. And for most entrepreneurs, if anyone has been out there, if they're on commission, if they're owning their own shit, I think we can all attest that summer 2018 has been so slow. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. But I've learned a lot about making things stretch and going into debt and asking for help. Um, but it's it's been a really interesting thing to right now I'm I'm I feel like I'm pushing a lot of sales and what I'm really doing is I have a lot of things that I'm launching right now and I have a lot of retreats that are going on that I have to send reminders for for people and really new stuff that I'm so excited to give people and they have told me that it provides so much value and I'm still having trouble reconciling that in my brain. So it's been really interesting. It's still going to come up for me. It's something that's part of the growing process and up-leveling, which I feel like I'm in a major up-level as I'm sure a lot of you are too. And what's so beautiful is I've kind of just realized like it's never going to get easier. It's just going to be different. Like every next level, I'm going to want to do something new. I'm going to want to probably grow, even though I've told myself for this entire year that maybe I don't want to grow. Maybe I want to be just kind of a one-person team or like just have Tori, my assistant, and Carly, my um, you know event coordinator, and like that's kind of it. And just stay really small and stay really safe. And I truly don't think that's my intuition talking. I think that's my ego talking and trying to keep me safe and not being a failure. So that's been super huge. Um, Another big thing throughout all of this 
was my weight loss. So this is kind of a little um, change in um, change in course here, but this was going on probably right around March is when it really started. May was when it really started happening. But a lot of you have asked about the weight loss. I thought I would kind of walk through it a little bit and tell you what my mindset was. I've weight's been something that I, I struggled with a lot, and I. I no, I'm dropping the story. I'm not struggling with it right now. And I truly don't feel like I am. That was so fun. I just caught myself. I was about to say, I still struggle with it or like I'm, I'm struggling with it. I'm not. I'm like legit not struggling with it right now. And that's so amazing and so much mental freedom. But it's been something, body image has been crazy for me for forever. I grew um, really tall and really fast. I, in third grade, I was taller than all the guys, the teachers, definitely all the girls who are these little cute little twigs. Here I am, just a kind of full-sized woman, five, five, nine years old. It was, it was an interesting time. So there's definitely that thing that has never, I don't think I've ever felt like it's really possible for me to feel light and to feel feminine and beautiful in that way. Um, what I've realized is that is a fucking story I'm telling myself. And I of course, I'll never feel light and feminine and skinny or whatever it's going to be if I'm telling myself that I'm not going to ever feel that way. I'm going to only look for evidence that supports my beliefs. Like it's it's just, it's so sick what we do to ourselves, right? Uh, so what happened and what was really the turning point, I had done a little bit of intermittent fasting. I was getting into Brooke Castillo, who is an amazing life coach. If you don't know her stuff, go into it. You will do a deep dive. If you love any of my stuff, you're going to love her stuff too. She's all about mindset. This A lot of the stuff that I'll be going into is is from her, um, it's called the model and her thought, thought work. So it's really cool. But I'd really gone through some just kind of aha moments of, oh my gosh, I'm just putting so much emphasis on, I'm giving all my power away to food and to binging and to hiding my emotions. I was not feeling anything. Um, and I was using wine to numb out. I was using food to numb out and I was isolated. I was living in my studio by myself at the time and didn't see anyone. All my clients were over the phone or um, on Skype, which Skype's a little bit better, but it's still very much isolating. and it was just bad guys. It was, it felt so bad. And one of my favorite gyms opened up, reopened, they had closed down for a little bit and then they opened back up and it's actually a class called Sproing. I could not even begin to explain it to you guys. It's so, I mean, it's just, it's a weird thing to describe. It's like a soft surface. You strap yourself in, you like harness yourself and you kind of run against your own body weight. So it doesn't move. It's it's but it's to replace a treadmill. It's easier on your knees, but it's like a it's a hit workout. You're 20 seconds going really hard, um, then 10 seconds of rest. So you're sprinting, um, but you're kind of like bungeed in. I don't even know. You I will link to it because it's amazing. And if you guys are in Chicago, you'll probably see me there in the morning. Um, but it's just my favorite thing. I and I'm not a runner. I'm not anyone who ever likes cardio. And that was actually one of the thoughts that I was thinking is that I'm not athletic. I hate cardio. I hate exercising. I, I like to lift. I like strength training, but I don't like all this other stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, well, of course, I'm never going to find that pleasurable if I'm like telling myself day in, day out that I hate this and that I'm not good at it. And I'm just like not a runner. But it started back up. I went, I loved the walk there. I loved getting up in the morning. Um it's just really magical to get up early. And I started going there more. My eating was fine. Like I wasn't 
losing weight. I wasn't counting my calories, but there was something about being in these classes where the instructors very quickly learned my name and it felt like a community. And again, I wasn't seeing anyone day in, day out. So to have people like expect me to be somewhere and like to say hello and like, how was your day? Like it was just, I mean, it's so simple, but it was like a super life changing and I was happier. So I started it happier, you know, endorphins, all of that. And I think it just really started to click of like, okay, I think that I need to really start trying to live more in alignment of what I really want. And I started some of the things that really helped me with the weight weight loss where I joined um, some like, I subscribed to some Reddit subs, which I fucking love Reddit guys. It's, I, there's an app on your phone. The desktop version sucks. It's still really hard to use in my opinion, but I freaking love the mobile app and there's some great subs. I love the sub lose it. Um, Fat logic is actually a good one. And it's something that was really confronting. Um, Fat logic is, is kind of about the excuses we make when we're overweight and obese. And it's, and you know, sometimes it's not meant to be body shaming or fat shaming. Most people that subscribe to it are people that are either are obese and overweight um, or used to be and are losing. And what's really interesting, what helped me through a lot of this was that looking at the prisons we put ourselves and the amount of like mental gymnastics we have to go through in order to justify being okay at a heavier size is, it's just sad and it's exhausting. And it's something that I actually believe in. And this might be controversial for some people. And I hope I explain this in the best way I can, but I have an issue with the fat acceptance movement. Um, what I will say right off the bat is that I truly believe that you cannot hate yourself skinny. I believe no one should ever be discriminated because of their weight. I think that's ridiculous. Um, I think that health is something that is, it's subjective and objective because it's like, you know, there's, there's legit things of when you're overweight, when you're obese, you are not healthy. There's going to be issues. Like there's going to be issues. Like it's, it's so, so insane, but I do understand that some people, one, have health issues, which cause it um, to be much more difficult to lose weight. And I, so I'm not saying that that doesn't exist. I think it's a much smaller population than we than we sometimes tell ourselves. Um, but that is totally a thing. And I'm on board with that. What I'm not on board is what I feel intuitively, this masking of deep pain. I don't think we get to be the sizes we are with, without feeling or trying to avoid feeling something that's painful. I just don't think that happens. Um, and when people try to, to say that they're truly happy in these very heavy bodies, it just breaks my heart because I feel like deep down they might not think that they can feel lighter. And so you're just kind of going to make do with what you can and then fight for that. Um, very different again from from discrimination and from just hateful comments. Uh, but another thing too, it's, I think that's really funny is like one of the things of like people should be attracted to bigger people. It's like, fuck that. Like people are attracted to whoever they're allowed. They're allowed to be attracted to whoever they're going to be attracted to. We can, will not change society's views on like what people are attracted to in that way. It's like, you know, I bet everyone has their own type. So I think it's just so funny that we try to like force people to like find things like attractive and beautiful. You know what I mean? It's it's just it's just kind of silly to me because I think it's all so individual. I mean, I do get the societal thing of like it's nice to see more people of different sizes because again, you have to be okay with where you're at in order to drop the weight. Um, 
but there's some things that I'm just like, that's just, I don't know. It just seems like a little bit hateful to me to even like be so hateful about other people. I don't know. It's a thing. But so Fat Logic is a really interesting one to me. There's like progress pics. So the Reddit was really helpful because people there are just very open and very vulnerable. And it's people that are just writing and they're just so supportive of people's lives. And it's, I love it. It's just been an amazing kind of community. Um, use my fitness pal. So I started to um, get really, you know, okay, if I want to lose this weight, I'm going to have to do calories in, calories out. Like it's, it's super simple guys. Like to lose weight, you have to eat less calories than you expend in a day. And it can be however you want to make it up. You do not have to do keto. You do not have to do, you know, paleo, whole 30, whatever it's going to be. I have lost the most weight eating fucking lean cuisines because they're easy. I hate cooking. I hate cooking for myself. I hate cleanups. Like I don't, I'm busy. So like having those easy meals and knowing how many calories are in them. I mean, that's what I do. I know it's not the healthiest. I don't care at this point. Like I know that that, that health journey is going to be almost even like maybe a little bit different from this weight loss journey. And if I keep trying to make it be perfect, it's not going to happen. So Lean Cuisines has been my bread and butter, so to speak. Um, I still drink, you know, I don't drink as much. I used to be really numbing out and buffering with wine. I would drink by myself. I would drink just kind of, I was bored. I would drink and eat because I was just bored. So I've stopped doing that. And the workouts in the morning definitely help with that. And I think the biggest thing, honestly, for me is that I have, I have, stopped having urgency around what I want. Before when I've tried to really lose weight, it's because I had the idea in my head of this really skinny version of myself. And I was like, I can't wait to get there. I'm so excited to get there. I need to get there now. And I think subconsciously what was that was telling myself was that I'm not okay right now. Like it's almost like get it off, get it off. Like it's you're gross now. Like you need to get here and then it's okay. Then you'll be happy. Um and Right now, I have no urgency around it. I'm like, it will take as long as it can. I love my fitness pal because it shows you the trends, right? So it's like whenever you kind of track your weight, um, it will go down. And like I, I probably gained about five pounds back since my lowest weight. Um, and and that's fine. I'm like, this is – if it takes two years, I'm cool with it. If it takes five years, I'm cool with it. If it's in three months, great. I have about 50 pounds more to lose. Um, so it's it's a good amount. It's more than I've lost so far. I'm like not even halfway year, there yet. Um, but I don't care how long it takes. And with that mindset, it's just like it's so much more relieving. It, I don't have this – I'm not subconsciously telling myself that it's not okay to be where I am. The other thing I think people really discount is if they're so focused on the end goal and they're really reserving their happiness for when they reach that weight. One, we can all know like conceptually that anytime you place happiness outside of yourself, it's, I mean, it's a sure way that you're going to end up unhappy because it's always you. It's always your thoughts about the situation that's creating happiness, never anything external, which is basic. And for us who are into self-help, we get it. But I don't think you really get it until you're like, oh, fuck, I've been telling this story myself. And what I'm not happy. Like, what if I like allow myself to be okay right now? Like, what if I allow myself like right now I'm about 175 pounds? I'm like, that's cool. I feel strong. I feel like I feel so much lighter than I did when I was 210 pounds. And, you know, I still have about 50 pounds I want to lose. I also had a, I had a thought that I can't get 
down to that weight. And I'm, the more I look at it, I'm like, and I don't care if I do or not, guys. I really don't. Like, it's not about the actual goal. Right now, what I'm thinking is I, knowing how much 40 pounds has felt, like just physically on my body, like my knees feel better, my hips feel better. And if you pick up two, like 20 pound dumbbells, um, that's a lot of fucking weight that I was carrying around. Like that just like, I, if I just want to get as much of that off, I'm also very well proportioned. I'm just kind of a low center of gravity, like a heavier, like, you know, just solid, <laughs> solid person. So even at that weight, if I get down to a really, you know, quote unquote, small weight, I won't look like as tiny. It's just, it's funny. I look back on like, you know, high school stuff. I'm like, yeah, I still was wearing like a size eight pants. I was like 120 pounds. Like it just, it, that's how my body looks. So anyway, I've also don't need to justify that to other people. I've actually lost, um, lost a, a kind of close friend around this. Um, we lost such an, it, it was a hard part. And I write about this when I say up leveling, this is kind of one of the symptoms of up leveling is, um, you'll, you'll lose people. I, and I don't know, my guess was that the way that I was dealing with my weight loss, we were both going through kind of a little bit of a weight loss thing. And the way that I approached it was a lot different and probably triggering to her. And it, it was really painful and it's still kind of confusing of, of that. And I, I'm sure, you know, we'll see what the future holds for some of that stuff. But at some, sometimes you're going to have to be okay with triggering people. And like, if people want to say that, you know, 125 pounds is too small or whatever that might be, I've never heard someone say that to me, but, um, I, if people want to say that, that's, that's fine. I, I know that it's coming from a place of like non-obsession and not something that feels like really heavy and that I have to get there. So it's something where you really need to be okay with being a little bit lonely and being kind of on your own for a bit and just trusting your gut. That is a huge sign of up leveling is, is that loneliness and, and just things shifting and you're not necessarily the same person that you were before and, and neither is anyone because it's growth but they're going to want you to stay the same and stay kind of constant for them and sometimes you just can't and that feels really sucky but in the long run it's totally fine and you'll see all the dots connect but that was a really weird one a really tough one but the weight loss has been it's been great so if you guys have comments if you have questions around that stuff too definitely reach out to me email me um would love to just share any words of advice I can. I might end up doing, you know, a course on this or something and really being able to be that for you guys. So it's, it's been, it's been a cool journey. So I've kind of already hit on this a little bit, but I do want to circle back around to some of that money struggle because this has been a huge eye opener for me. Um, in my mindset. And I guess I will start with a little bit of the mindset work. Again, go to Brooke Castillo, do some of her work. She's a great podcast um, and it just walks through everything and you'll fucking love it. Um, But I think one of the biggest things is that I've really realized that there are some beliefs that I have not questioned in a while about a lot of things. And one of the biggest is, is honestly my work ethic. I've kind of said that I am you know, someone that just, again, doesn't want to work hard. I'm maybe a little bit lazy. That one I've, I've kind of gotten better at because I, I've recognized that it's not laziness, but just that I'm a person that wants things to be more spontaneous, to flow, and that working hard means more responsibility, which means less fun and less joy. Um, and this all relates into the money because, of course, I'm on my own. I'm an entrepreneur. I have to make money to 
to get through. This summer was super tough, guys. So it's been a really interesting thing in terms of my value and being okay with really showing up. The in-person work is more expensive, right? So it's like they're slower sales um, because not everyone's, you're not going to sell a ton of them at once. I had this dream that I would just sell out everything all at once and it would just be wonderful. Um, And the Chicago one did. That was the first one I did definitely sold really quickly. And I was like, great, this is going to be my life now. And I'm super excited. And I was a little bit naive. Um, When I launched my other retreats um, at, I think it was at the end of June, and I can make rationalizations. I don't really know what happened. They did like just were so slow to sell. Um, I don't know if it's because a couple of them were like still at the very end of summer and people had already made their plans or, the, you know, I think it was a tough summer for money for a lot of us. Again, I've coached a lot of people and seen the pattern. So I know I'm not alone in this, which is such a beautiful insight to have. And I wish you guys could, I could share some of that. And I guess that is when I write and do my Instagrams and my um, newsletters like that. I'm kind of picking up on like what are the patterns that are going on and putting it back out there and what I'm hearing and for myself. But it was, you know, it was a slower summer for money. Um, I think summer's always slow. I remember that from my corporate job too. It's just a little bit of a slower month, but I still thought they would sell. It was, it was really tough. I, um, the Cleveland and Chicago, second Chicago treats were smaller groups and I actually loved it. Like I, there, it was a different vibe and I, I'm, positive that I will be creating more specifically like smaller intimate like groups of like five or six people um where we can go in a little bit more depth and it's just going to be a different experience and they were both amazing and I think they brought different kind of energies to the table and I also think that the people who came to both of them needed those kind of experiences so that was really interesting to see uh, my process has gotten a lot better around that but money was tight and I was still I still am a little bit scared to launch some things um, and not know if I'm going to have the bandwidth to do them, even though I've hired more people for this. That's been a huge learning experience is how do I delegate and how do I communicate? And there'll be times, and thank you, Tori, if you're listening to this, you are a godsend because she is patient with me and allows me to kind of like go rogue a little bit and to launch things without telling her and, um, and to kind of be there for me, but she is so patient and like, she will hold me accountable for stuff too. So it's, it's really great. Um, she is amazing and it's just been, it's been hard letting people in. And again, like when I want to just like pull the covers over my eyes, like not get out of bed, like that's actually been a, a really great thing because I did go through a bit of a depression. Um, January to March, I went, I I don't think I said this before. Like I like legit went home to my parents for like 10 days and was like, I just can't handle, I can't handle being alone in my apartment. I can't handle like all this pressure. Like I don't know what to do. And like, that was the beginning. I think one of the biggest things has been like asking for help as it relates to the hard work, the money and having people, even though, you know, I guess I know it logically, but having people being like, you're not like people don't hate you. Like your clients don't hate you. You know, you're, you're not lazy. Like we'll get through this, um, has been amazing. I've, so I've had to lean on Tori for that. I have to lean on my friend Kira Sabin, who is a life coach. Oh my gosh, she is amazing. I'm going to actually be, um, collaborating with her on some of her Instagram posts and really uh, being able to provide some of the, you know, kind of soul sparks content, if you will, for some of that too. But she has a course called the owner's manual. I went to a retreat of hers in Cancun. Um, when I was really having a breakdown, she, 
um, was like, come up to Madison, let me, you know, let's work on this. Like, let's get this figured out. She's like, I've been there before. She's, you know, a life coach too. So I cannot like say, like emphasize this enough. It is so, so, so important to somehow have some sort of connection with someone who gets it, whatever you're going through. Even if it's like online and reading about it, like that at a low level is going to be okay. But like, so just do that at, at, at the baseline. But to have someone that's like, you're not a fuck up. Like this is literally part of the process. Like you're, you're doing really well. Um, in hindsight, I mean, it's, it's insane. It's, it's funny. You need that perspective sometimes. Cause I feel like it's such a hot mess because I'm just not, I'm not a disciplined person and I don't really ever want to be this highly like organized, efficient person. I want to hire those people to help rein me in. But you know, for her to be like, you've actually done a lot. Like you were so much further ahead than I was when, you know, at that stage. And I forget that the growth of Soulsbrooks has just been crazy um, and just weird. And that's a whole nother thing. But it's just to have someone just hold space for you and validate you is great, especially because I'm a person who does that, you know, day in, day out for other people. It was not comfortable. I don't think I'm, I think she got frustrated with me a couple of times too. Cause like, I just am not good about like talking about myself. I'm just not in the habit of it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to really express it's I just not, it's not a thing I do that often. So that was really amazing. So Kira, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. And everybody go check her out. She's fucking a badass. She I, actually, today's her wedding. She's getting married in Cancun and I love her and I love her fiance, soon to be husband. They're just amazing. So it, it's been a big, big cracking open of allowing people to help me and saying that I need help and also knowing when it's time to to get up and do the work for myself and I need to dig myself out of that hole. Um, but money has been, has been crazy. I, so I went into debt. It was really slow this summer. I, you know, had to rely on I had to take it alone from, I think, like PayPal. And I had to, um, what other stuff? I just, I, a lot of, I had to just get through it. I had to get through it. And it's still, again, there's still worries about some of the stuff because it's like, you never know. And I think, not that I'm scarred from it. I think this has been a huge, important part of the evolution of the business and just what I, more so than anything, just what how I believe about money and what it says about worth and my amount of joy I have in my life. I'm also going through my Saturn return, which is happening in my second house, which is house of like both your physical body and like finances and like kind of like material, the material world, which I just think is so funny because hello, everything that's been happening. That is just insane. But it's been really interesting. I've, I didn't pay my credit card bills for a couple months. I all of a sudden I'm like, well, now my credit score is like going down. Like all this thing, all these things that I'm just like, we're piling on that I was allowing to pile on. So moral of the story for this, um, it goes back to that mindset, right? So it's like the circumstance of having debt and still owing money on my taxes. Cause it was 18 grand guys, 18 grand. I did not budget for that. Like I knew it was going to be a lot, but I did not, there was a couple self-employment taxes I was not prepared for. So I'm still the government allows you to pay it back. Like, I, so I'm figuring it out, but that still is like an embarrassment. I think on my end that I'm like, wasn't prepared for that. Um, but the debt, the taxes, the credit score, whatever it is, like that is literally neutral. Those are just facts. Like that's just how it is. And no matter what you can say that like that, oh no, but it's, this really does hurt this thing, or this is really, you know, 
this means this, or, you know, everyone's going to judge you for that or whatever. It's going to be like, my parents would worry about that for me. That's all bullshit. Those are the things that you are thinking about it. So the actual debt, the actual credit score is just a neutral fact. Like that doesn't have to be anything. And this has been the past week that I've really gotten this of like, oh my God, like I was feeling so trapped and that was leading me to think, you know, I don't have enough money for this. I'm terrible with money. Um, again, great for manifesting money. I can manifest like no one's business, but holding on to it and living paycheck to paycheck, this is a thought I was telling myself that I can manifest it, but not keep it. And that led to feelings of desperation, feelings of like frustration, just anxious. Um, I feel like, again, I was letting people down because I wasn't able, I was just worried about it. So all of this stuff was then allowing me to not show up and not put out, you know, I don't even know. Cause I did put out a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm really proud of myself for showing up through this whole period. Um, but it just, it led to not getting the money in the first place. So it's like, it was this whole cycle of like, it was the thought about it that really led me to like inaction or to not be able to make that money and keep it, which then validated the thought that I had about it. It's a very vicious cycle. And once I realized like, oh my God, I don't have to think anything about this. Like that debt is neutral. How about I say, I'm great with money. I provide value. People are excited to pay me because I'm going to give them a great experience. And I love doing it because those are genuinely truths like that I was just not allowing myself to think. Like what if I replace that? And like making money from that can be easy. It's just this huge value shift. And again, as I'm going into a little bit higher ticket, higher price items, because it's more in-person work, which is where I come alive, which is where I'm at my best. Um, the Skype calls too, the virtual coaching is, I think, because I'm doing it more in like tandem with some in-person coaching. So I don't feel so isolated. That stuff is like really good too. I'm, I'm loving it. Um, it's just been so fun kind of finding that groove again, but I'm having to be okay with like not everyone buying at once and like not feeling like that's a sign that I'm not, you know, it's just slower sales. So if anyone is in this industry or like, like looking to get into this, most of this podcast is kind of geared towards that, just knowing that you're not alone in this. And this I'm sure applies to anything, um, whether you're working for someone or not, but it's just been such a fucking learning experience. Um, so moving forward, I mean, it's my 29th year. I really, really want to kind of where I see this going is I want to keep hiring people. Um, I don't know how exactly that's going to look. Again, I have to be comfortable and work on myself and being vulnerable and letting people in and wanting growth without thinking growth is going to equal like me losing my mind and disappointing everyone. Um, but I, I so see that happening. I want to do so many more like in-person events and just being able to get in front of you guys and connect you guys to each other. That lights me up. I when I hear that like people from their retreats are going out to dinner in their, you know, towns, you know, that are not Chicago and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, oh my God, that is so cool. But it's just I see that happening more. I know we're planning Nashville as a big kind of kickoff to the New Year's. That's so that's a big one. New York is still coming up. I forget it because again, I feel like I've had so much of these lately. So we have Santa Monica next week. And then New York is a legit two-day event. I'm so excited for this one. Um, my friend Cherie is um, going to, you know, help me with some of this stuff. And I'm just so excited to be there in New York with her. Um, she came to the Chicago retreat and now we're just like little besties and I just adore her so much. But um, it's going to be a great two-day event. It's This is just my jam and I'm super excited. So there are spots still available for that one. Um, 
you can find that on the website, but super pumped about that. I definitely see that. I see um, printed products coming out. I really, it's one that feels super overwhelming for me, but I know it's just going to happen. I want to do like a little calendar, like 365 calendars, note cards, uh, just cute stationery. I'm all about this. And it's actually what's stopping me is the perfectionism kind of thing. Like I want to hire a designer um, and I want to do it right or else I don't want to do it at all. And that really stresses me out. Uh, but that is a story I'm telling myself and I know that that's going to be a great thing. So I'm hoping to really get some of that out and the designs ready so that we can get that in time for Christmas and like for like stocking stuffers and stuff. So definitely if you are interested in that, please let me know because some of that, it just, you know, you never know. I've also learned that people that say that they're going to buy and they can't wait for you to do something sometimes like don't actually buy. So I want to, if you're like legit being like, I would totally buy that. And you mean you would totally buy that. Let me know. Um, but that sounds really good. And I just want to keep coaching and keep putting out content. Again, the actual podcast is a big priority of mine too. I know that a lot of people find me through the podcast, which I find so interesting because it's, I never thought that that was going to be the case, but I love talking to people and I love interviewing and I'm also going to get better at it because I know that I you know, when you hear yourself back, you're like, I used to say the same things in response to that. And it's just a way of speaking. And, you know, that's a growth mindset too. So that will be very interesting. But I don't know. I think the, you know, my 29th year, I don't know where I'm going to be living. You know, I don't know if I'm going to be a little bit of a nomad, just kind of traveling from place to place, doing retreats and just living, <laughs> living life. I don't know. But it's going to be interesting. And I'm excited to keep sharing updates with you guys and please. Okay. So I'm never one. I don't think I pushed this, but like, if you like this, subscribe, leave a comment so we can know that you are listening out there. Cause it's kind of weird just to speak into a void, but I'm hoping to kind of get this one on track too, as I get more support with it. But anyway, let me know comments, email me if you've any feedback on this. I hope this was helpful. This is kind of a big, long ramble, but you know, it's better than nothing. And if you don't like it, then you can not listen. So I love you guys so much and can't wait to see what the next year brings.